Coming up, part walk down memory lane and part exploration of art, we'll sit down with the creators of Zombie Joe's Underground Theater to discuss their past 30 years. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the Haunted Trash Network podcast, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even events. Links to everything are in the show notes. Today, we're continuing our Midsummer Scream coverage with another panel recorded live from this year's show. This panel, 30 Years of Zombie Joe's Underground, took place on Sunday, July 31st, and was moderated by Norm from Horror Buzz. With that, I'll pass it back to Norm. Let's get these people up on the stage. Let's start off with Denise Devon. Yeah! Jonica, I forgot your last name. I had my notes and they were right here. Jonica Patella! Jonica Patella! There we go. Oh, here it is, sorry. Jana Weimer! And of course, I don't know if you guys noticed when he walked in. Um, Zombie Joe! Sorry, I miscounted. Oh, and where's George? And George Lozano! What? George Lozano. Lozano? Lozano. Lozano. George. Well, this started as as uh, as raggedy as anything I've ever done. So thank you for being here. Well, uh, first off, as you know, as you might have known, uh, Zombie Joe's Underground Theater's flagship show is Urban Death, and they've been performing it all weekend downstairs. And I do have to say that, uh, that it was easily one of the more uh, nauseating shows you've done. Um, I say that with the absolute most praise. So, um, I, but Urban Death isn't the only thing that Zombie Joes does. They do a lot of other things. They do a lot of other shows, and they've been doing those shows for 30 years. And Zombie Joes Urban Death hasn't, that only came into existence around, what, 95? 2005. 2005, yeah, 2005. So we've got a lot to cover here. So I, I guess my, my first question is uh, who, and, and this is to you, Zombie, who's Zombie Joe and why did he need a theater? Oh, good question. I mean, I think, I'm not sure there was an, I'm not sure there was ever an opening or a need for, but you know, I, um, yeah, so I've been, you know, as a child actor and um, been in the theater and doing all these shows all those years. So at, you know, 20 years old, I had a, like a, I like to call it like romantically like an epiphany, but it was, I think it was more of a nervous breakdown, um, <laughs> a self-hating, self-loathing, uh, like pit of hell for, that led to our first plays and it basically sold everything. Um, and by the way, I don't recommend anybody do this. Not very, not very glamorous at the time, but uh, you know, I kind of sold everything. I sold my car, all, anything I had of value, and leased a space in Northridge. Um, I had no credit history, so had to put down six months advance on an industrial space in Northridge, uh, a garage, 
And that was the beginning. I, I quit school and um, had this sort of, um, I just like a breakdown of sorts, change of heart, and um, how dark it was before the dawn. But you know, it, it really, when you come and see the shows, you can really get a taste of sort of those early years. Um, the early productions were, well, they weren't, I don't think they were very good. And uh, you know, they were, they were um, you weren't necessarily safe as an audience member to come to see them. Like, so we're, we're very much, our beginnings are very much in like theater of cruelty, uh, Brecht, uh, like Caucasian chalk circle. Uh, we're really into uh, Neo from the Matrix. Uh, our style. Anyway, that's just a little bit, yeah, that is. Yeah. You know, these, these panels, people are up here talking. I mean, they're important, and this is what this is about. Hey, what's up? What's up, theme park? <laughs> so, you know, it's really, it's really important, you know, to talk about, like, you know, it's like, oh, blah, 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 well, I did this, we did, you know, like, we're so used to, like, just doing shows and just, there's, there's barely enough time to get the shows together, so... It's like, well, we did this, and you know. So but anyway, but the fact that Nor Norm, Norm and John Gibney, everybody, right, is moderating this I like the subject here, zombie. Let's stick to the point. Oh, by the way, I've got, we have gold coins for everybody uh, before we leave. Does so anybody want spaghetti? <laughs> spaghetti? Nothing? Okay. Um, now, where did this name come from? Zombie Joe. Um, yeah, so it's the drug addict and... Uh, <laughs> Smoking the chronic, bunch of kids here. You guys even know the chronic. The chronic is right. Uh, here, light me up, dude. Light me up. Go ahead. Like fucking twelve foot. Uh, anyway, uh, you know. So and I'd I'd smoke the chronic weed. By the way, I'm going to be 25 years sober. But our earliest beginnings. So I smoked the chronic, and uh, I'd get all like, you know, couldn't talk. I don't know if you guys get that get that way. Like, you know. Uh, oh, you know, and I'm uh, named after somebody named Joe, my grandfather. So my, my friends started calling me Zombie Joe in my comatose state. Normally, we don't ever talk about this, but I knew the question was coming. So, yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing. But, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, honesty is the best policy after all. So, um, so when did, let's jump around a bit. And when did you all get involved with Zombie Joe's Underground Theater. Let's start here. Ah, 22 years ago, I painted some of the original green on the Zombie Joe's at 4850 Lancashire Boulevard, North Hollywood. Um, so I am Zombie's uh, significant other. Um, How did I do, guys? Did I do good? Yeah. <laughs> We um, opened uh, 4850 22 years ago, um, just shortly after I met Zombie, and, uh, and I've been there ever since. And um, my, my position has morphed now uh, to, uh, I, I was an actress and did 10 years on Urban Death, actually. And um, she was, she was so fierce. She was hardcore. And then, uh, then I, now I do a lot of um, directing, but I do not touch Urban Death. That belongs to Jana and Zombie. <laughs> and Jonica, how, how, when did you get involved with ZJU? Uh, I came in in 2006, 16 years. Excellent. Urban Death was one of the first shows that I saw, and I just thought, that's something new under the sun. I gotta be involved there. Indeed, and Jana? 2003. 2003. Yeah. 
I, I too saw the show and I was like, well, I gotta get, I gotta be a part of this. <laughs> hey, quick, quick, funny story. Uh, when Janet, like, guys, this is the genius, amazing, beautiful genius Janet Weiner. Give it up, um, give it up. But uh, so she uh, she paints. She's extremely artistic. She does everything. Extremely artistic. She sews stuff. <laughs> makes her own costumes. I hate it though. So. Uh, <laughs> But she came, she was painting our wall at the theater, uh, and our friend Paris, Paris Thummin from uh, uh, Willy Wonka was with us, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, you put her, you know, give her a partner show, and she's yours for life. And like, it's totally true, and here we are all these years later. That's what, that's what Paris Thummin says, so. And we know about you, zombie, but George, when did, we get, when did you get involved? I got involved um, about six years ago. Um, I started as a theater artist, and now I'm directing and doing a bunch of crazy stuff with this guy. He's directing, uh, George's our new general manager, by the way, and, uh, and uh, he's directing me in my one-man show opening next Friday. Make sure you're all there. Yes, oh, he's directing that one? You betcha. Well, plug it, plug it, hurry. What is it? Plug, plug your one-man show. Uh, so Zombie Joe, 20 minutes of non-stop madness. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's immersive, experiential. <laughs> <laughs> yep, immersive, that word. So, um, so, so here we go. So, okay, so let's talk about what the first shows at Zombie Joe's were like. Um, obviously, you can lead with that, Zombie. Um, you know, so not really sure. We, we, we know a little, I guess, a little bit more about theater now, but at the time it was, um, you know, we wanted to do, so we're like theater of cruelty. We're really into Artaud, theater in its double, uh, you know, the Chanchi, Jet of Blood. So we we're really trying to kind of duplicate that theater of cruelty. So like real sex, real violence, real drugs, real, everything was as real as possible on stage in the early days. So, um, and, um, you know, we're, we were talking about this earlier. There's a lot of similar, you can really feel that, that kind of vehemence. Like the idea for us, like whenever we're performing, whether it's Urban Death or um, whatever show, whatever show that we're working on, we really try to come from the, from the viewpoint that this is like the last time we'll ever be on stage. Like every moment counts, every, every beat counts up there. You know, we don't want to have an off night, even though it does happen. We don't, you know, we got to really make it count, especially these weird, these weird, strange times we're in. Got to really make it count. Does it feel that way, seeing yeah. Urban Death? Like really making it here? So yeah. You, uh, the, I guess the first show that you did was called The Masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us about that show? Yeah, so like I, um, I was at UC Irvine. Um, I was in a fraternity and I was doing theater. Um, and I was having a, like, what's up? Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming out. Uh, having like drug, a drug problem. And, uh, you know, I kind of had this weird, lonely, terrified meltdown. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know, so I wrote this play called Masterpiece. It's about an artist in his last days and the, and the relationships, the relationships with the people in his life. Like, so there were like lizard men, seven foot Twinkies, and it was kind of a, a, a take on what art is and the value of art. So and that was like the first play that, and we, and, you know, so I brought the play to the faculty at UC Irvine, and I'd been building sets. And, hey, Andy, it's good to see you, bud. 
You guys, like all of our friends are out here. Um, you know, um, this is like really personal stuff, you know, and we, you know, like these shows that we do are the sands of our lives, you know, and, and so anyway, I brought this play that I wrote, I was so excited about it, I, I kind of wrote it over the course of a day. David, thanks for being here. <laughs> Guys, David Markland, the producer of Midsummer's Grave. Oh my God. You guys, David came out to um, Urban Death uh, and he, he bought the whole cast dinner afterwards, guys. This is gonna kind of go like, just like bring us to tears. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, so I brought this play, the masterpiece to the faculty and they're like, we don't like your play. You know, I'm just trying to get a space. We don't like the play, we don't really like you. And we don't, we're not really sure, you know, where we stand. So I, I quit, I don't, I don't recommend anybody do this, like I quit school, flicked him the bird, I sold everything I had and uh, you know, put, put, put this money down on a space in Northridge and was sleeping on the cement and you know, and, and those were the early days. Eventually Denise Devon came in my life and I got, I moved out of the theater, got domesticated, hot showers, uh, you know. So you took a feral zombie <laughs> and turned him into what we see before us. Um, but I will, I will encourage no everyone. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, those, uh, the first days are the hardest days, like Grateful Dead say, you know, and you know, but I will encourage everyone, like, I don't, I don't know shit. I really don't, I really don't know. Of course, obviously I don't know shit, but like I, you know, you, I would really encourage everyone that if you have a dream in your heart, if you have a song in your heart, if you have something that's pulling you towards something, and it's really hard to like tune into that. It's like, it's, it's hard for me, it's hard for anyone. But if you have a pulling and a longing in your heart, let it pull you toward your dream and your destiny. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> and into that one. But let's talk about ticket prices. So 30 years, how much did the first ticket cost to Zombie Joe's? Well, we're, we're kind of being smart alecky a little bit. First tickets were seven fifty for the early show and eight dollars and fifty cents for the late show. How is that? Well, nobody came, so <laughs> it wasn't really making change wasn't really a problem. But you know, we were a little you know we were a little strung out, a little unhinged at the time. So, but but uh, yeah. And then they went up to 10 bucks, right? They were 10 bucks for like 10 years. Eventually we made the leap to $12. That was a pretty big uh, leap. So, and then, you know, Jan is like, oh, Urban Death, it's gotta be 20 bucks. Come on, people pay it, people pay it. I'm like, no, 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 let's make it 15, $16. And so finally our ticket, dude, 20, ticket, 20 bucks is a lot of money, isn't it? Don't you? Your show's oh, worth it. it. I'm just saying, oh, okay. your show's entirely worth <laughs> You guys. Is it, is it worth 20 bucks to sit through? Yeah. Thank you. Do I hear 30? Um, so, uh, Denise, you joined, you joined, you said 18 years ago, and... No, 22. Or 22, sorry. I, I can't, math. That's all right. I'm looking at, yeah, okay, so that was, that was, Jana was 18 years ago. Yes. Okay, see? Yeah. So, no, well, yeah, 19, actually. Oh, well, I gotta change my... Math, right, guys? I mean, geez. So, um, so let's talk about Denise. You you came on. You started painting the walls, and um, and yeah. And so, did did you go on to you acted? What are some of the more memorable things you did on the ZJU stage? 
<laughs> All of them. <laughs> Do we have kids in the crowd? <laughs> um, we did, in the early days, we did, um, well, in my early days, it wasn't his. I mean, we had a, can I tell that funny story about how we looked for TVs to break? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, we were... <laughs> <laughs> this shows you how we progressed, or not, really, but... Um, <laughs> Zombie used to break TVs in the in the in with the, baseball bat in in the Northridge, and uh, so we got our legitimate place at 4850, and um, you know we were calling in the theater, and uh, and he wanted to break TVs, and I had never actually done that, but cool, and so we we went through all these things trying to figure out plexiglass and how you put it up because we didn't want to. At the garage, it was a little different, you know. You, kind of knew what you were getting into. But at 4850, we wanted to, you know, legit up a bit. And <laughs> so we were going to break TVs and how do we find the plexiglass and rescue the audience and make sure no one got hurt and all this stuff. Um, we finally gave up on the TV. <laughs> His first show was The Box. I was in it. Um, it was an avant-garde piece, um, not much dialogue. And, um, you know, people loved it and I'd never done that kind of theater before. Uh, so for those of you who don't know or aren't in theater, the man puts a show up in three weeks. Done. We're done. And I had never, <laughs> I just looked at him. I mean, he must be BSing, right? <laughs> and, uh, but no, no, no. We, we got the box up in three weeks from beginning to end. That includes the collaborative, let's create this part. And, um, you know, I have never turned back. I have no idea what other theaters do, what they're doing with all that time. I don't want to know. I want to be here because it's, there's, a, there's an immersive um, and exciting quality to it that, that I tell you can't be beat. And yes, I'm a little biased, but it can't be beat. It so what is, what is it about that accelerated creation process that, that is so attractive and enticing? You know, it makes you think. There's a show business axiom. It's, you know, no matter how, time, how much time you get on dress rehearsal, you're still trying to figure it out. So time becomes a different, it's a different thing, you know. Um, I mean, I edit a full Shakespeare two weeks before we go in, down to an hour format, and then we do it in three weeks. Done, including costumes. And Jonica has been the lead in many of my shows. Um, yeah. It gets your creative juices flowing. You don't have time to worry about things. The unimportant things go away. And most of it is unimportant, as it turns out. You know, you need your actors up there. They need to be connecting with each other. They got to be wearing something or not, <laughs> depending. And, and then you go, then you just go. It's, there's no, um, and, and it works creative, creatively. I mean, I've worked with a lot of artists over the years at Zombies, you know, in 22 years, when we do them in three weeks, we, we've gone through a lot of shows, um, and no one complains. I mean, they get nervous, for, especially the first time, but they don't complain. You get, you get moving, you get going. It's, it's, uh, it's good for the soul. Yeah. Mm. Right on. So, 
now I am uh, going ahead. Page, say real quick, um, just, I'm so sorry. Uh, Denise Devin is directing Attack of the Rotting Corpses at Zombie Joe's opening August 19th, folks. So <laughs> be sure to come on out to Okay, so speaking of corpses, um, let's talk about the signature show, Urban Death. Yes. And how that came about. So, uh, first of all, where did the idea of Urban Death come from? And this is open to Jana and Zombie. It was the summer of 2005. <laughs> let's go back, shall we? <laughs> We had just done some like street performing for the NoHo Arts thing, and uh, somebody came up to me and was like, "We should create a horror show." I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I've been watching horror my whole like literally since I was like five or something. So I was like, "Yeah," and um, I just remember like, "What can we do? What can we do?" And uh, it, it, for those of you who have not been to uh, ZJU and NoHo, um, when the lights go out, it's pitch black. You can't see anything. And that's just, you don't see that anywhere. It's, it's, not, it's not something you see. And when I, the first show I saw, um, that was like when the lights went out and I'm like, holy Jesus, look at this. There's like nothing, nothing. Uh, so it's not was, something you see literally. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's probably not legal, but, um, <laughs> but it was, uh, so I was like, boy, those lights go out, and then you can bring up the lights, and there could be anything. They're just, you know, that's, you can just shock the audience with just anything. And then, and so I just brought that idea. It was like, I just didn't, all I had were images. Like, the lights come up when you see something. And so I brought that idea to Zombie, and then he kind of took it from there. You know, the, the, the style, the no talking, you know, the intensity, the depravity, the... Dick and balls. <laughs> the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all zombie. But that that's I mean it was really born from the darkness of uh, 4850 Lakers, you know. And such darkness. <laughs> um, let's talk about the audition process. Because I, I've always wanted because it just fascinates me that they get these people who get up there completely nude. <laughs> or just doing all kinds of like seriously the show this year at midsummer was ridiculous but but um but like what's the audition process like basically uh if you're available you're in um, so, uh, it's hard you know we're kind of like a band of like red you know misfits and um doing our thing oh look what's up guys right on um and um but um you know we're we're very much like a community kind of theater we're community underground theater and uh we hold auditions i'd say uh the last couple years with the whole covid thing we held it was really kind of keeping it by the way folks we're very much like a theater family that gets thrown around a lot but we really are like a family we work hard together we play hard together um, there's a lot of emotion in our company, like a family, um, and um, we're always looking to grow and expand our family. People come and go and, in the theater, and, you know, I'm really, like, for me, I'm really soft-skinned, and, you know, I'm the dish it out but can't take it kind of guy, uh, you know, but, but seriously, like, you know, 
you know, people come and go, and so often they stay for a long time, but um, it's really, for me, it's really hard, like, if anybody, you know, and ZJU's always been sort of like a leaping pad for, like, bigger, for bigger things, for example, like, like Jana and Abel are gonna be putting up a show in Las Vegas, guys. Abel wow. Horowitz over here next year, they're working on a lot. And, um, you know, like a lot of this stuff comes out of like they met at ZJU and, and it's a very special, almost magical place, you know, where, where things happen and people grow, we grow together. Otherwise, why bother, you know? So as far as the auditions, if you're looking to audition or get involved, we welcome you, you know, Ben, you know, came from seeing shows to, you know, the Cunninghams here, we, they, they came to see shows. So basically if you, if you come and see a show, like I'm gonna interview you at the front, I'm gonna try to get you involved. Like I'm gonna sell you a ticket and we're gonna try to, cause we, it, it takes a village. It takes a village well, seriously, to, like, to run it. Every time I show up at the theater, it's not like, Norm, when are you gonna be in the show? What are you gonna do? Oh Guys, do I, do I, is that how I act? I'm not yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and you know, but I, 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 I don't. All right. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Okay, kids. So, um, moving on. Um, I, I can speak to that, the auditions, a little bit. You okay. Get some, you know, we, we recommend that um, you come see a show. <laughs> you have some idea of what you're getting into. Um, because we do, have an, we do have an ethic, we have a style, um, we have a, a way of, of, of being. And even in our, like, more clothed shows, <laughs> um, th that is still very much present. So um, most of our actors have, have seen something. Um, and then that, like Jonica and Jana, and then that makes them want to be part of it. And George, too. George was, you know, like And we do hold auditions, but it, it is, it's difficult because um, no one's really clear what they're getting into until they got into it. Um, but we, we're, uh, we treat people, I think, really well. Like, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, and we'll, we'll bring you along or it's not for you, and this will be your, your only show with us. But there's no, we're okay with all that. You know, it's not for everybody. Um, but for those people who love it, they're with us forever. Yeah. Yeah. And George, since, since you're directing a show uh, with Zombie, and you, you've put on a few shows, you did the, um, the Circus of Values recently. Um, I heard that was amazing. But like, can you talk to me about the rehearsal process? Like, um, you know, from, from the weeks of rehearsal, two, two, to five, two, to, two to three weeks maybe, and like, you know, what's that whole process like leading up to opening night? For me, it's very, um, what's the word? The device, right? You come in with an idea and you're like, all right, let's see what sticks. Uh, gotta have a lot of trust in your actors to kind of understand the vision that you have with, with this like circus show in particular. All I said was like, hey, there's, there's clowns that were oppressed by mind and now they're free. That's our show, right? <laughs> so we made a show, um, there's a lot of, uh, with, with, with the style that we do there, there's a lot of very close, intimate um, moments at the beginning to get comfortable with everyone. Um, 
like kind of like moving around each other, a lot of breathing stuff. So you just get through that, and then you just play around, see what sticks with the goal in mind, and you hope two weeks after you start that you have a show. And a lot of times, specifically for this show, like it came to the last, the very last second of like the last rehearsal when we found the show. So it's it's very wow. you know flying by by with. Tailor your pants or whatever the fuck. Sorry. So it's very, you know, stressful, but at the end of the day, you know, oh my God, what a show, right? I'm like, okay, cool, it's worth it. Yeah, so basically, trial by fire, just boom, just going out there. Now, let's talk about the development of some of the pieces uh, in Urban Death or any of the other shows, really. But, um, you know, well, first of all, what are the elements, uh, Jana? Let's let's ask you that one. What are the like the key elements for an urban death piece? You know, that's really hard to put into words because Tommy could probably agree, although he's better with words than I am. But um, it's it's really like a gut thing. Um, like, I just somebody will come in with an idea, and then it's pretty instant if it's going to work or not. It's, um, I don't, I'm a big fan of the dark humor. I love the dark humor stuff, the stuff that's, like, really fucked up and, like, <laughs> like you know, you know, it makes you laugh and then hate yourself for laughing, you know? <laughs> uh, but you know, I've been trying to analyze urban death for years, but, but for me, it's just all—it's just all gut, and I try not to question it too much. It's like it, for me, it's like I just like yes or no, yes or no, you know. And or sometimes people will come up with an idea, and then it will kind of transform into something completely different. But um, that's why I, I always encourage people like just bring whatever, even if it's just an image. You never know what you can do with just that idea that you have, or just that image you have in your head. And, I don't know, is that helpful at all? <laughs> yes. Jonica, have you suggested any pieces during rehearsal? And if so, what were they? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the, mine. Uh, the, the poop chick was yours. Oh, yeah. Oh. Pooping out the window. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what inspired that? Piece. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was initially thinking of it as like a baby bird, like kind of like spitting into people down below. But uh, well, poop is more fun to make. <laughs> I really enjoy uh, being the, the. I feel like I'm the company poop maker. Uh, <laughs> I do recipes for yeah. baby poop, adult poop. Uh, cat and poop. cat poop. Uh, cat poop is my most delicious. Yeah, yeah. Guys, with the litter, uh, when she makes the, the litter is cornflakes or grape nuts. Grape nuts. Okay, nuts well, what, what are the turds? Come on. Uh, oh no, wait. Maybe we shouldn't reveal any secrets. Oh yeah, yeah. But we do know that the cat poop is delicious. Um, so. <laughs> You knew it was going to go there, kids. So, um, infamous pieces. Let's talk about that. Um, there, there. If again, you know, we're 
pretty much all initiated into the crew here. But were there any pieces in Urban Death or any of the other shows that kind of left the mark? That that maybe, um, you know, that that you thought, hmm, you know, we we maybe took that too far. Oh yeah, maybe. Rape in the window. Which one is that? Rape in the window. Yeah, the rape in the window. Oh one. yeah. That was, yeah. That's that right. was one that he directed. I had no part oh, yeah. of. Because <laughs> I may have like you know. But, I got uh, to star in it. It was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was just uh, like even I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> one what one of my favorites was the 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 sniper one. Oh yeah, um, the schoolyard right. sniper. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. To describe it, it's just like you just hear kids playing, and then like a guy in the window, and he like. Disappears for a second, and then he comes back up with a rifle or like an assault rifle. Yeah, and entirely too um, uh, timely. Yeah, like, like it's weird, but you know, things have changed in the last, even though we just did it a year ago. Like, yeah. I don't know if I, I wouldn't want to do it now. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, the time, timing is a key on that one. And <laughs> I think now is a little too much. Is there, okay, do you guys have any favorite pieces um, from any of the shows? Denise? I did 10 years, and a lot of the pieces we did in the first show actually ended up in this one. So um, we have classics, and I, I, Urban Death is, I mean, I love Urban Death. Who doesn't love Urban Death, right? I mean, it's, that's like saying what's better, an apple or an orange. You, you have your, you, you, you want something for that day, but it doesn't mean you don't want something else for tomorrow. I, I, love all the pieces. I've done most of the pieces or the, an, an incarnation of them. I don't, um, I have a couple of pieces that are signature to me, but we all do. So, um, we've done, there's, I, I've kept a spreadsheet of all the pieces that we've done and there's over 600. Yeah. Wow. wow. A lot of pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Many of them are scored too with an original score yeah. behind them. Yeah. And oh, you know what? Let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about the the music because some of the music is, and I didn't I didn't put this in the outline, so I'm sorry. But some of the some of the music is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Thank you. Um, you know, you've had some some big composers being a part of that. Mm -hmm. Can you want to talk about that? At all, or? Well, the original catalog the original canon is with christopher reiner for years he was doing music um but you know for a long time it's like oh my god how do we you know eventually the composers might move on or we'll move on like artistically um most recently kevin van Cock composed for urban death cannibal corp our very own uh, and there's been also other composers, Michael Mayo, and um, you know, music we rip off and don't give credit for. We'll just throw it in the corner. No, well, well, never mind. Uh, but um, yeah, so um, yeah, there, there's been a few, but primarily most of the canon has been um, with Christopher Reiner. And so the composers will come in, watch the piece, and uh, track the piece. They'll they'll compose to the to the piece and deliver a finished piece and then Jana, Jana and or I will listen to it and, and maybe we'll need another take on it. But yeah, just like scoring a movie, a film, I guess, would be like scoring. So Urban Death gets that special treatment, but I think a lot of our plays recently um, have, have had original scores and, and, and stuff. And uh, 
we've been really we've been really lucky with the music. We've been very fortunate with like being blessed with great, just amazing, beautiful musicians and in, in our group. And we're it's it's been it's it just seems to come so easy when in fact it's very complicated. You know, um, I just wanted to also just follow up on you asked we asked about urban death and like kind of criteria and putting a piece together. And I think Janice says it best. And if you guys ever see the Time Warner uh, little featurette video, uh, Janice says, all we ask are that our performers are fearless and that they're courageous and they go out there. And, and you know, I just, I just love the way she says that. She said that and I, I, I repeat that all the time. So people that were looking to get involved as far as auditions, you know, you can come from, you know, I don't really even see our company as, I mean, of course we're actors and performers, but more than that, I feel like they're really soldiers in our group. We're really like, a, you know, that kind of company. We're, we're a blue collar, hardworking comp theater company, you know, and, but yeah, just want to follow up on that. Why? If you show up on time and you show up and do all that, we'll find a place for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, let's put on a show. Um, why? Why has Zombie Joe's Underground Theater endured for 30 years? Mm. You know, um, say, Sarah, thanks for coming today. I, was, I asked Sarah, I begged Sarah to stick around. You know, one half of list over there. Uh, and Albert Lamb is here too? He was here. Anyway, hey. Philip from, uh, Philip back here, Hunter yes. Network. Anyway, um, so, I'm sorry, what was the question? Was the, uh, oh, yeah. hold on. Oh, no, it's about the... Uh, oh, yes. It was, why has the show endured for three decades? Um, well, I think a lot of it has to do with our family and just this amazing theater family, um, you know, that's hungry and voracious. And like, like, for example, George as our newest management and also Brittany and Deweese, like, just like it's just completely amazing, amazing people in the group um, that um, have ideas and they're young. Listen, guys, don't get old. Don't do it. Don't get old. You know, and the truth is, like, getting older now, I'm, like, fucking, like, 51 years old, and, uh, sorry for the cussing, you know, I'm 51, and, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's somewhere to go on Friday and Saturday night. I've got somewhere to go. I've got an amazing group that keeps me young. They want to hang out with me and spend time with me, you know? My own family doesn't want to spend time, you know, and also, uh, what, you know, what I think has kept us enduring is, uh, so just that incredible creativity and the veracity. Uh, sometimes I'm pushing the group forward, but more often than not, the group is pushing me forward and stuff. I mean, yeah, I have something to say about that. I think one of Zombie's greatest strengths is just finding awesome people. He's just a really good judge of character. He, he just knows, like the people closest and dearest to me in my life, I've met through the theater. And he'll say, oh, it's all the people, but it's him. He's the reason that we've been around. So, yeah. Woo! I do have something to say, um, even though I'm a little biased. But, <clears throat> but more important, I, um, because I come from a very different background, and, um, and so that's what I bring to the theater. And um, most importantly, I think it, it has, zombie, of course, is our driving force. Um, but... Um, people don't realize the group of trained artists that we have. And if you're not one when you start, you become one by the time you've been with us for a while. Um, we have original composers, we have dancers, we have choreographers, we have actors who have 
like major league training. Um, we have people who handle Shakespeare as well as standing nude and getting their dick pulled on stage. Um, and they do both equally. And I think um, what people uh, sometimes, you know, it's that artistic home that keeps us going. It's a place where we go balls to the wall and do something. It's not, um, there's no talking. Uh, I don't mean there's, there's talking in the play sometimes, but there's no, um, there's no talking about it, there's doing it. And that is an extraordinary experience for an artist. You spend a lot of time uh, in LA or other places uh, trying to you know, make something happen. Um, you go to a theater and they have five production meetings before they decide when they're gonna have an audition date. And then they wanna you know, review the script three times. And then they wanna do this and then they wanna do that. And you know, by that time we put up a show. And it's very exciting. It's very exciting for an artist. And, but it takes courage, like Jenna and both zombies, courage, commitment, and innate talent. And we'll, we'll bring you there if you join us. And, and you know, you guys, you guys elicit, you, you, you coax talent from people. That's you, right. you've, well, I, I've you. actually seen you guys tell people, oh no, you can do that. And you, surprise, like, you surprise them. Um, were there any people that, that, that come to mind? I mean, like, because I've seen it over and over. But. Well, you know, um, you know, so George here um, comes uh, not, not necessarily from a theater background, um, but um, if you want to work with one hell of a director, guys, you work with George Lozano here, you know, and uh, really coming into his own and watching him grow. This is my boy here. This kid is my boy. <laughs> You know, and, I'm, and he's, he's become like a better director than me, just like a totally amazing, working with people and bringing out their best. Also, I just wanted to just bring everybody's attention real quick. Jonica Vitella is the greatest actor in Los Angeles, guys. Well, yeah. Yeah, he does this one piece that is, I, 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 I'm unashamed of saying is my favorite piece. And it's the the one uh, uh, the the asylum with the with the, the starting with the the giggling and the laughing and the hysteric crying. There, the, it's like you can there's you, you can't breathe, and it's so yes, you're easily one of the most talented actors in LA, if not the country. And one of the coolest people. Easy, like super cool. <laughs> so, and just easy go along with uh, Jana loves Jonica so much. Uh, goes, Jonica, Jonica. Whenever Jonica walks in the room, Jana goes, Jonica, Jonica. That was actually the finale. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, so, what does the future hold for Zombie Joe's Underground Theater? Um, pretty much death, loneliness, and um, like so. I hope everybody enjoyed the show here. Uh, well, we got um, we've got a big season lined up. You know, we have um, opening a one man show. Me being the one man next Friday. George directing. Totally terrified. But everybody make sure to come. Um, and then we have Denise is directing Attack of the Rotting Corpses. Um, By the way, Zombie wrote that. Well, that was, yeah, and, and it's been performed a few times. 
This is our, will be our yes. fifth incarnation. Jana's directed it. Uh, Sebastian, uh, Force of Nature's directed it. And, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's like Evil Dead meets, um, you know, meets Return of the Living Dead sort of thing. It takes place in a condo <laughs> complex with an eagle mi evil microbe gets in the water supply and then everybody turns into... It's a horror farce. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Horror farces. Yeah. It's pretty brilliant. So, and we are looking for funding because Jan is looking to direct, to make the film version of it. So if anybody wants to put up some money, uh, we've been talking about this for a while. If there, um, are, any, if there are any producers or financers, we've got a pitch. <laughs> um, and then uh, we have for, uh, we're doing Killer Clowns Cosplay Dance Party with John Masari. That's coming up. It's a reschedule twice, uh, but that's, it's definitely happening this time, the 17th and 18th of September. Urban Death Tour of Terror, our big haunted Woo! attraction, opens up um, September 30th. And then uh, Cabaret Macabre Christmas. Did you guys get to see Cabaret Macabre Christmas out here? So uh, beautiful, the beautiful Brittany DeWeese. Uh, that's, that's, we already have those tickets on sale for our Christmas show. And some other, um, some other, is anybody looking to do a project? Uh, anybody, if anybody's interested, um, we've got openings. It's like three weeks from conception idea to opening. Anybody? Okay, well, see me afterwards. We're looking for. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, we're looking to get a show for the next three weeks. No, this is this is not a lie. Um, so you know what? Let's open it up to any Q&A. Let's make this a, a mutual <coughs> conversation here. Does anyone have any questions for the iconic Zombie Joe's Underground Theater team? Yes, over here. Uh, how do you come up like, with these random concepts? Like, we just, I just saw you smoking from the head downstairs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, I want to smoke on someone's head and laugh hysterically. Yeah, that piece. I mean, pulling, pulling guys' dicks around with a woman coming by. <laughs> well, yeah. recently I directed uh, Urban Death Cannibal Corpse. And so all. Woo! Yeah, if you're a Cannibal Corpse fan, if you don't know, Cannibal Corpse is like the world's uh, biggest uh, death metal band. And uh, so we did an Urban Death that was. In, all the pieces were inspired by their song titles. So that song title is Severed Head Stony. So that's where that one came from. But it, I don't know, they just come from people and places and like, you just never know. Like it's, it's any, any, they, they come from everything and everywhere in life and, and just everything. Sometimes you're also just like, hey man, you're weird. Like, it was really a hard sell for the other two guys. Me and my girlfriend, you know, I was like, I'll do it to see if it's possible. But guys, believe me, this guy is not going to pull. It won't pull, it won't tighten, you know? It's just really about the hey, is it weird? Can you try it? Let's just see if it works. And like they said, it's a gut feeling. It worked. It was good. Did you guys like the show we just put up? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Never really know. Jana, did you have something to say? Because you were going like, I didn't. Oh, I, no, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, any, any other questions, guys? Uh, yes, over here. So I took a very different perspective from the show downstairs. And one of the things that popped into my mind is what is the most 
obvious to you now after the show has been produced? Accidental allegory that came out of one of the scenes. Oh, wow. Um, I, have a, I, I directed a, a version in South Africa. I went to Cape Town, South Africa, and I had an all South African cast. And one of the coolest things, because coming up with pieces is very collaborative, and, and uh, to, to learn about a culture through the context of creating a horror show is really interesting. And there was a piece that we had done before uh, where you know the lights come up on a very tired you know woman in an apron, and you hear the baby crying, and she's clearly just kind of burned out, and she's like shaking the baby bottle, and she puts like cleaner in the baby baby bottle, and then she like goes off right, and the baby stops crying. We did that per piece in South Africa with the black actors. And, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the cleaner happened to be Brasso, which was just, just not, I wasn't even thinking about it, it was just a prop. All the white women were losing their shit over that piece <laughs> because they all have black nannies. <gasps> so, anyway, so that's like... <laughs> So that was like one of those pieces, like it never even occurred to me that somebody would take that way, but yeah, anyway. And Brasso was like the, the go-to cleanser there? Well, Brasso, you like, like, you like polish yeah, yeah. brass and stuff, you know, like the, the, a lot of the white women there have black nannies who are also housekeepers and all that stuff, so. Wow, it's amazing how something takes a different context, like in a different country. Was there anything like that in Edinburgh? Um, because by the way, they went, they took the show to the French Festival in Edinburgh. Also, Abel helped out with that over there. He's over there. So, yeah. So, was there anything that kind of played this? Uh, the most like culturally different thing about Edinburgh, we had to get used to a crowd that sat respectfully and watched, <laughs> and not like. Like they may have been drunk, but they weren't like rowdy drunk. And so we thought, after we did the first couple of shows, we thought, they hate us. This is terrible. We should just go home right now. Uh, but then there were some, uh, some lovely Irish lads who stayed after uh, and bought us all drinks. And they were just like, that was amazing. This is our second night coming. We were here last night. And we were pissed at those people who were like clapping after pieces. We're like, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you take theater here. Okay. <laughs> it's awesome. Any other questions here? Oh, over here, of course. So I know you referenced uh, the whole school, school shooting thing since it's changed. What topics are considered crossing the line for you guys? You're like, I don't even feel comfortable doing this. Um, you know, uh, it's funny. It's, it's well, it's interesting coming out of this co this COVID period. There's been. Uh, you know, before before some before patron come to a show, some, sometimes they write us before they'll come and say, "Hey, we're really looking forward to. We know that you guys are hardcore and you do this stuff, but is there any is there any like rape in the show? Um, because I, uh, you know, that's triggering for me, and I don't think I'd come if there's any themes of rape. things that we used to kind of we just do all the time. Is there any rape or um, is there any um, like suicide? Is a really triggering theme. So. We're used to just kind of like doing, you know, so for us as a theater company, we're a completely independent theater company. We're an all-American theater company. So 
We like to feel that there's nothing too taboo, there's nothing too, we can do whatever we want without fear of persecution. So we really kind of take that to the limit and we exercise our American rights uh, to do live, to do theater and live entertainment as American theater artists. But, uh, but so there's been some issues that our beloved like supporters have said, I, we wanna come and we love you, but this might be too triggering. So we've noticed that a little bit uh, repetitively, like suicide and uh, rape style themes. So we've tried to be, we've tried to be um, sort of sensitive to, especially like these, you know, we don't want to, we, uh, we don't want to, um, we want to do whatever we want, but at the same time, you know, it's all entertainment for us. We have no viewpoint on anything really, except, you know, so that allows us to be entertainers, but we also want to be sensitive uh, to the triggers of the people of our, you know, our, we, like, we love you guys, our, our, you guys are everything. As our audience and our supporters, you guys are our friends. We're all in this together, so we really, um, yeah. But, exactly. But what, what, what sets this theater company apart from, from other companies doing things that are, you know, as extreme or not even as extreme, in my opinion, is the fact that, is the fact that you're, you're rarely glorifying these things. You're sitting there considering these things. And I forget who said it, or, but the point is you go to the theater, you consider these things, you observe these things, great. Then you leave the theater and you, know, you can move on. Um, these are not, it's, it's not like you're glorifying rape or pooping out a window or, you know, or things like that. These are things that you're noticing, observing. Is that, is that a correct? We, we have no agenda. Like for me, like the worst thing you can do in theater is to like have an agenda. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just like, ugh. You know, it's just like, ugh. Oh, whoa, whoa, suicide, whoa. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exhaust, it's just, I don't know. I like, all, all we want to do is entertain. We were like want to freak oh, yeah. people out and entertain and, and, and not try to be political or have get an agenda across, you know. We, if we're offending you, we're not, we're not even trying to offend you. We're just like, oh, you know, if it makes us laugh or, you know, it's... I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I keep, I, I said, I've said this now, but um, I think um, the thing to that I remember, I, I've been in a lot of urban death, I've seen a lot of urban death by now, I, you know, it's, it's been a long journey for me, I was there at the beginning, and, uh, um, you know, it's, a, it's an artistic show at heart. Um, these aren't, these aren't uh, people up there jerking off to jerk off, these are people up there doing... <laughs> Well, sometimes maybe, but <laughs> but they're up there, um, you know, presenting a slice of life, presenting, you know, so that even our, our hardest core pieces, the ones that hit the hardest, they're events that happened, and you see them through the actors, which is what art is supposed to do, and that's why they're triggering and disturbing, because you, you're there present in that moment, uh, and these artists are presenting that vignette, and then they'll go on and present something else. And, um, but when it's art like that, and there's a commitment, um, most people, most people, you know, get their, get their heart and mind opened a little bit. It's not, um, they're not, um, so 
Can it be triggering? Yes, but in a good way. It makes us think, it makes us be, it makes us feel. You know, we sit on our phones and text all day. It makes us happen, it makes us recognize the human experience, which is what urban death does. And then, um, and then sometimes we bring in some levity so that <laughs> you don't go out and kill yourself. But, you know, um, it, life is all of that. Life is all of that. And, um, and I think people forget that it's, it's the art that takes it up the next level. Mm. Okay. So, to piggyback on that, if I may, uh, there's so much theater that you go on for like two hours just sitting there and you don't feel anything. Right. And then you walk into Urban Death and you give us 10 seconds and all of a sudden you're like, what is this? Yeah. You know, and not even just my but you see some beauty and some, you just feel something. And that's what this show and this place really does, you know. Like, it'll pull something out of you. It's, it's the punk rock nature of it, you know, like we're going to make you feel it. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, the most egregious sin that, that art can create, or that art can commit, is being mediocre and terribly forgettable. Yeah. Because it has to leave a mark, you know, somehow. And if it, if it leaves an impression, like this show has on so many of us, um, and the theater company itself, uh, you've done your job. As, a, as, I, as I always said, I can forgive anything but boring. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If you're, if you're an artist, like, if you're in the theater and you're like, I have this dream, I have this, I have this idea, we want to help you cultivate it. We'll, we'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you. If you're feeling the passion, we want to be part of that passion with you. And, um, you know, that's really in a lot of ways what we're about, you know. We want to help you know, uh, cultivate these ideas with you and bring them to fruition quickly. Like in a couple of weeks, we're up and running, we've sold tickets, people are coming. Everybody's, you know, let's step into this and let's, let's do this together. And so we really, uh, we're all about supporting artists and supporting each other. Um, we're about also, uh, you know, people having a voice in the arts and, and um, you know, and, and really, because we all want to have a voice, right? We all want to be heard. And so if you, if you want to say something in the theater, we want to be there to help you kind of, kind of do that. And that's really like what I get out of, what we get out of that. We get out of growing together and watching each other grow. And it just makes you want to cry, like to watch the growth and stuff that we're really, uh, that's how we're spending our lives and, and, and living our best life, you know, in the, in the arts, guys. In the no question. No question. And with that, we've actually planned and pitched the next 30 years of Zombie Joe's Underground Theater today. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be around for many more years to come. So you guys, like I could be set up here for another couple hours, but our time's up. So um, oh. all I got to say is that um, when I looked into the abyss, the abyss looked back and I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, that's it for today. We'll catch you back here tomorrow for a discussion with Calhauns about the displays they built for this year's show. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. 
The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network.